0: Let's look at the last three steps, not as just maintenance steps, not just to keep us sober, but to see if we don't actually continue to grow in our relationship with God, with ourselves, and with with other human beings. Twice in the book, Bill has mentioned a fourth dimension of existence. Once in his story, once in chapter 2, a dimension of living far beyond the normal three. You can't explain it. You can't describe it. You can only feel it. And that's what the last three steps do, move us into another dimension of living. Let's look at them for just a few minutes.
1: You know, one of the things that we did as a fellowship is we took the steps out of the book and we put them on these little cards, put them on the wall. And if you look at step 10 on this card or on the wall, well, by the way, we left the instructions on how to work the steps in the book. People come in A and look on the wall and try to work the steps off the wall without instructions. And when do they get in trouble? But step 10 off the wall or this card says continue to take personal inventory and when wrong, promptly admitted it. And it looked like if we just continued to take a little inventory and if we were wrong, promptly admitted it, we would do, be doing the intent of step 10. And somehow or other, we got the idea that we do that at night. Well, the nighttime portion is over in step 11. It's not in step 10. And Charlie and I have discussed this at great detail. We don't get in trouble at night in bed anymore. We need a daytime walking around step. So let's look at step 10 in a different light. So this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests that we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any, any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the Spirit. We've had a
0: spiritual awakening
1: Our next function is to grow.
0: To grow, not maintain, not stay where we are, but to grow.
1: In understanding and effectiveness. Now, this is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear.
0: What step did we use to look at that in the first place? Anybody
1: remember? Step four, okay. Now, when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. What steps did we use there? Six and seven, all right. We discuss them with someone immediately. And what step was that? Five. five okay. And make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. And what steps did we use there? Eight and nine. Then we'd resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code.
0: It looks to me like if we follow the directions in the book, that we will be doing steps four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, every day, on a daily basis for the rest of our lives. I would defy anybody in this room to do four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine on a daily basis and stay the way you are. <laughs> you absolutely cannot do that. I've got that little inventory sheet right up here in my head, just as plain as day, and you do too. And what I've trained myself to do, if I get screwed up at nine o'clock in the morning, used to I'd wait till I went to bed at night to do something about it. Well, when I do that, I've wasted another day in anger and worry and depression and etc. I finally train myself, and when I get screwed up about 9 o'clock, get off in the corner by myself. Say, okay, Charlie, who are you mad at? What did they do to you? What part of self is affected? What did you do, if anything, to set it in motion? Which character defect has come back to the surface? I can get upset. Unless one of those old character defects has come back selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, frightened, or inconsiderate. I can spot it in just, just like that. I say, okay, God, you know I don't want to be this way. Please take this away from me, this selfishness or this dishonesty or whatever it is. I try to discuss it with someone immediately, preferably my sponsor. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't, but I try to. Then I make amends quickly if I hurt anybody in this process. 10, 15, 20 minutes, it's all gone. The rest of the day is okay. I have wasted all the time that I want to waste in resentments and fear and anger and worry and depression and etc. I don't have to do that anymore. My God, I love to feel good. I just don't want to waste any more time. What little I've got left in that other kind of jazz, I've got a tool here. That works every time. And as you continue to take personal inventory, as you continue to look and see who you're mad at, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to learn more about yourself. As you ask God to take these things away, they become less and less. As you discuss them with another human being, preferably our sponsor, we know more about ourselves. As we make amends quickly, our relationship with the world and everybody in it becomes better and better. You can't do step 10 the way the book says and stay the way you are. You just can't. Your relationship with God, with yourself, and with your fellow man will become better and better and better and better. A new dimension of living that we never dreamed existed. Now be careful. This is just like 6 and 7. This is the other changing step. And if you stay fouled up, You can't blame it on anybody else any longer. Because if you're fouled up and you use step 10, you can get rid of that stuff. But if you stay fouled up and stay angry and worried and depressed and selfish and dishonest, it's got to be because that's the way you want to be. I can't blame it on anybody or God or anything else any longer. And once in a great while, I like to be screwed up. There's times I like to be mad. Because when I'm mad, I can romp and stomp and raise hell with everybody around me all day long. And that gives me a comfortable feeling of superiority. And once in a while, I just love it. There's times I like to be afraid because I can use that to rationalize and justify not doing what I should do or just as importantly doing something I shouldn't do. But when I do that anymore, I don't enjoy it like I used to. Somewhere about the middle of it, I catch myself. When I say, okay, idiot, you're doing it to yourself again. This thing really does work, and you'll continue to grow. Now, after step 10, you've got another set of promises. Let's look, let's look at them for just a
1: moment. I says, and we cease fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned. Remember it said we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves would restore us to sanity? Well, we get our sanity back on, step 84, on page 84, by the way. For by this time, sanity will have returned. For we we will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we'll find that this has happened automatically. We can see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And again, remember way back on page 45 it said that the main object of this book was to enable me to find a power greater than myself which would solve my problem. And somewhere between there and here, we have the first nine steps or ten steps to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And one day into six or seven or eight months of sobriety, I'm working these steps. I looked up one day, and I didn't, I said, what happened to that desire of drink that I used to have? It's just gone. I mean, it was just gone, seemingly without any effort on my part. I found the power, and the power solved the problem. It was just gone. That's the miracle of it.